0: I've never done whole parts. They take little tiny pieces. There won't even be a scar. I think I found the problem. Oh, come on, you're the doctor.
1: Everyone, lights out and quiet. Welcome back, wayward movie watchers, to the Media Morgue, your one stop shop for movie news and reviews. My name is Justin Winley, and I'm here once again alongside my fellow surgeons of cinema.
2: Daniel
1: Giametti,
3: Zach Palomo,
2: Wes
1: Goodrich. Each episode, we review a popular film before diving into a pre-selected pick by one of us, which is Faded, Foreign, Forgotten, or any permutation of those three. Today's consensus choice is the 2021 MonsterVerse entry, Godzilla vs. Kong, directed by Adam Wingard. And in the second segment, Danny will lead us through 1984 cult stoner classic, Repo Man, directed by Alex Cox. We also get into TV and video games, though, and we have a little bit of both today in our news section. So we've got uh, a bunch to talk about. Uh, a lot of a lot of news happening recently. Three trailers that we're going to talk a little bit about, and two uh, announcements, TV announcements.
2: I think it'd be uh, ironic if our first story was about the last of us.
0: Hey, last
2: of us. Wow. Oh, all right, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nothing much to really say here. Uh, they just announced that they were going to be shooting all through 2021. Into hmm. 2022, which is the year after this one. It's the sequel to this year. Um, yeah, been <laughs> only, like just for a year straight, which is like crazy. Uh, Pedro Pascal's casting—I know that we're, we're you know happy with. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, this time gives that uh, little girl they chose to play Ellie some time to grow up already. For fuck's sake! Right, to become yeah. an adult <laughs> <laughs> <parent>. <laughs>
4: I feel like the pictures they're using are from Game of Thrones, which was already like three years ago. So I feel like she probably mm-hmm. looks the age of the character, but they're they're she like this is the only thing you know, you know her from.
2: from. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, well, I, I
2: mean, I, I, I looked her up, and I mean, everything I see, she just looks like a child. to <laughs> be <laughs> jumping up on people <laughs> and like stabbing them, like, <laughs> shooting them in the face and stuff, and I just don't really
1: see her doing it i don't know it'll Maybe, it'll be uh, interesting i think that we are definitely in an era of like the whole um you know the the obviously pedro pascal is hot off the mandalorian which is very much mm-hmm. the same sort of like carrying a precious human life across vast expanses to a destination right uh we just saw logan uh which a lot of people compared to the last of us yeah. uh with hugh jackman yeah. and daphne keen um, so it's, it's a popular kind of like uh, dynamic right now. Yeah, I think... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I,
2: it, was, it was huge in games a couple years ago and now it's kind of transferring over. I mean, the same year The Last of Us came out, uh, Bioshock Infinite,
0: mm-hmm. it was like
2: the same thing. You're, you're like a grizzled, like old man who's kind of transporting a, a younger woman. And uh, the Walking Dead, Telltale's Walking Dead game, that was uh, a year before. And that's pretty much the same dynamic. As, uh, right,
1: Joel and Ellie. Right. Interesting that you mentioned The Walking Dead because uh, AMC has announced that their final, the eleventh and final season of the thank show, thank God, is debuting in in August. Um,
4: Robert Kirkman really was like, "I'm not going to fumble this bag," and immediately pushed Invincible into production, which is like his <laughs> other big comic that's like 800 issues. Like it's Walking uh, Dead and Invincible are like parallel, and then he was like, "Whatever, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this other thing now." Uh, good,
0: good yeah,
4: decision.
1: He, he, it's uh, I know that I mean I know for a fact that Danny, Zach, and I have all watched The Walking Dead, but like, what was the point for each of you mm-hmm. that you that like you gave up? <laughs> Where was the end for you? Listen,
2: I stayed I stayed the full season after Glenn got his head bashed. And then mm. and then I and I dropped it. it. It was becoming too like Negan empathetic, like too Negan centric. I just could not really. Right. Uh, couldn't well, really
1: the finale of the it tenth, tenth season is a today. is a. Yeah, it's a it's a prequel episode. The last episode of the tenth season is is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Here's Negan. Because his cancer wife like,
2: who is uh, Lucille, right? Who? Yeah.
1: And this, it's yeah. About how he big, apparently had an affair wife. with her sister, which is supposed to make us care awesome. about him more. I'm not sure. um,
2: Is this where he finds out that you can't beat cancer, but you can beat people to death with a spike?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. That would be like a pretty
2: cool prequel sort of.
1: Yeah, it's um, uh, I know, Zach, we spent a lot of time kind of lamenting Jeffrey D. Morgan's performance as Negan because it seems to be trapped in like the same three body movements the same vocal beats yeah
0: yeah he uh
3: he was really he was scary and and cool and effective in his first uh appearance and then and i was like oh okay here we go and then after that he just does the same exact thing for every scene he's in uh and it gets tired he's also
2: not in a bunch of episodes because they like couldn't afford them so he like since his like first appearance he's in like five episodes or so a season yeah like, like two or three episodes go by where we don't even hear from negan and it's just yeah. Jeffrey dean morgan is like not an a-lister but he's he's like a b-lister i guess mm-hmm. which is even too expensive for for the walking dead
1: yeah for most uh for, <laughs> for most um walking dead uh Actors that was the thing that made them, you know. Yeah, I mean. uh, they weren't necessarily known prior, but Jeffrey Dean had a bit and of. A some of them were
2: thing. great. I mean, thank God Stephen Ewan was on that show because Stephen Ewan like,
1: is like is going to be a huge work. star now. Yeah
2: yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah,
1: yeah, 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 for sure. And, and, I, and he's going to be uh, nominated, I
2: think. Right? Or no, he, he is like, nominated. He is nominated. For, nominated
1: for, yeah, uh, for Minari, which might be our next consensus choice. Stay tuned. But. Um, and I love him in
4: Burning. He's uh, he's a fantastic He's guy. That's his best performance, I think. I think Burning is, yeah, is an excellent really performance. Good. Yeah, That's one of my favorite movies. And he uh, is the main <laughs> character in Invincible. He is. He's Mark he's Grayson in Invincible. He is Mark yeah, yeah. Grayson. I love him. Is, and and yeah. everyone
3: should watch that show. That show <laughs> yeah, that show yeah.
4: is like sky high.
2: That's, that's the animated one on uh, Prime, right? Yeah, yeah.
4: The comics are like sky high with like a broken nose. Like that's the... That's the... <laughs>
1: yeah it, it it looks pretty interesting um it's it, you know speaking of steven yun i think for me the turning point because i was already in and out by this time but like mm-hmm. when they did that fake out with glenn just to kill him later that was awful um, they
2: did not know what they were doing it's like one guy came up with uh, him dying and and the next guy immediately had to come up with some convoluted way for him to Survive somehow.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they got it got to a point where suddenly I was following like Tara, and I, I don't I don't you know, what I, and it was like just an episode about Tara, and I was like, why Why do I care about this? Where are the others?
2: I watched that episode with my dad. I was like, yeah, it's the zombie show. He's like, okay, cool. And it's this episode where you're following one around this frumpy lady as she like talks to a beachside community and like doesn't do Yeah, <laughs> a, like, uh, yeah. There, mind, there's nothing but, happening. I guess. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yes it's it's uh well that was problem a problem in fun. season two in season two like shane is like jacking off on the farm for, like, three episodes, <laughs> oh. and uh i mean just just nothing happens for like hours and hours of the time in season two that's always been a problem i mean post yeah season one just like ordering yeah. too many episodes and not knowing what to do
1: and if we spend any more time on it, we'll we'll go stir crazy. No, people are already
2: bored listening yeah. to this. Let's move on. Let's uh, jump on
1: to the trailer talk,
2: from, my man. From Walking Dead right into fucking Space Jam. Am I right? <laughs> Transition. Uh, so this is just a dick measuring contest at this point mm. between like uh, Disney and Warner Bros. and the companies that have all the IPs. Do you guys remember that Wreck-It Ralph movie where they go into the internet and they're like, "What's the coolest place on the internet?" Well, yes. Disney.com, obviously, and they see a bunch of uh, X-wings flying around. It's it's just like what company has more IPs? IP, yeah. Clearly, yeah. clearly Disney does. Because Warner Bros. literally put the fucking droogs from A Clockwork Orange in like the crowd. <laughs> we all saw this, right?
4: Yeah, I, I think I, I think Orange. the the weird thing about about this Space Jam trailer, which I'm excited for, like I won't even cap. Like it has LeBron James, no, as LeBron James and Don Cheadle in it, and I'm like, it's fine, you got right, me, whatever. Uh,
1: can we but, talk about what Don Cheadle's role in this he's the movie. Is?
4: He's the internet. He's the internet. Who can Justin, you do you know? care? Do you care who Don Cheadle is playing, or
2: do you want to see Don Cheadle? <laughs> also, this movie got announced like years and years ago. Like a it long did. Time ago well, together.
4: I remember. I remember Dan. I remember the cool thing about this movie. The thing that was really exciting was. It got announced in high school when I was in high school. And we were in high school with LeBron. Yeah, yeah. And that too. was always. I remember sitting at the
2: lunch table talking to my friends about it.
4: No, but mm. then, but then the yeah. idea was that Terrence Nance from a from a Random Acts of Flyness was supposed to uh, be the director, and then he dropped. Uh, but I still think he has a writing credit. But just thinking about like. What that movie would
2: have been? Well, they dropped him because he was going to be Lola Bunny, fat tits,
4: and they couldn't have. Uh, you, you're right. That's why they it's, dropped.
1: The redesign of Lola Bunny has caused a, a firestorm on the internet because mm. because, we like, um, because we need I to go outside.
4: Because we need to go outside.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is so strange to me. I think I like the original Space Jam movie for what it is, but I also remember like being very disturbed by it at points. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and yeah like seeing all these characters like you know Yogi Bear and Mr. Magoo coming from the Warner Brothers yeah. uh, 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 IP it's just embarrassing there was also in the actual basketball tournament scene I'm not joking uh, there was a person dressed up as Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze standing I like, oh I
2: mind. saw that I saw that <laughs> Don well, I mean, th- th- that's, that to me is more fitting than having like alex and his droogs from clock reporting right i mean, I mean Cause, because because batman uh, and robin is like a dumb movie so i mean it, it fits more than showing like the dark knight batman for example or like the <laughs> of, you
0: know
1: yeah yeah that makes sense um yeah but that that that's uh space jam i think it's coming out in when is it coming i don't know if it'll make it on this show i mean maybe i don't i don't I don't it know. will be
4: making it on the show. Guess if we're talking about, God I don't know, I don't it. know what you guys are talking <laughs> about. We will be talking about Space Jam. Great, too. great
1: plan. <laughs> um, the next trailer we have up uh, is Loki coming from uh, Marvel. Uh, Marvel's Doctor Who is another good way to refer mm-hmm. to this because uh, it looks like that's kind of the the vibe they're uh, they're going with. Loki, a version of Loki from the past, has been uh, kidnapped—not oh, kidnapped, but arrested by the, the time police.
2: This and, is only a couple uh, hours old. I missed it. Damn, oh, the, the Loki trailer? I you were talking about the one that came out a couple of, like weeks ago. I was
1: like, the fuck. Oh no 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 no! There was a new one yeah, that just dropped one. this morning. Um, damn! And yeah, it's, it. it's got some pretty cool looking stuff in it. Uh, the mm-hmm. the I guess the concept is basically he's on probation and he has to work off his sentence by like helping these people fix time crimes or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. which is which is cool enough. Um, I'll be the first to admit that when when I saw the trend of like the Tom Hiddleston Stan empire rising, Uh I was kind of annoyed. Um, Like, and it happened after Avengers. I think, I think Avengers is the, is kind of the best that he is throughout this. Like, I think that's interesting. Interesting. The original and uh, the first Avengers movies are like his peak for me. After that, he just becomes like Loki, the rogue, but Loki Ah, the the tormented villain is kind of more interesting
2: to me. Do you, do you remember in Thor: The Dark World when they put him in like a like a sleeveless hoodie and they, yes.
3: they have
2: him dressed like a skater boy and he's like he's like <laughs> kind of scowling he's got his hair in front of his face yeah, yeah. They, I they, 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 they knew that um, Hiddleston had some
4: stance I don't know I think I he's think. he's a he's a lot of fun in – uh I mean this is this is not discounting what you're saying Everyone, he's a lot everyone's of fun in, fun Ragnarok. in
2: Ragnarok.
4: yeah I think he's fun in yeah. Ragnarok.
2: I, Everyone I, I, is, I
4: but also also Ragnarok is, is is a redemption story for him. It's not really about him being evil. Right. It's about him being a bad brother and having to connect. Yeah. I think the thing that Taika Waititi talks about most in that movie other than like the weird filmmaking stuff he's doing in that movie, which is dope, is like the idea that the movie is just like a brother's story, like two brothers are going to save their house from a burglar being broken into mm. their house, which is like cool. Like I think mm. that's a that's a good way to end that cycle of movies. But yeah, yeah, I like this. I like this. I like this trailer.
1: The other interesting thing about uh, Tom Hiddleston and the role is that he has remained largely committed to it in a way that a lot of the other MCU actors have not. Yeah. Like a lot of them got to the point where they were like, I'm rich enough that you cannot force me to put on this wig, Chris Hemsworth. So I'm (laughs) going to, I'd like Thor's hair to be cut so that I don't have to wear this, you know, this hot. That was his idea i'm almost positive that it was like a collaborative thing where he said hey if we're if we're loosening up the character can we not you know can we change up his appearance too uh but was, loki doesn't um, necessarily have that option because like i mean they could have given loki phase no,
0: yeah. right
1: but the long that's, black hair is part of the part of the appeal
2: i i was gonna say there was a a video from not too long ago um it was from a news channel where Tom Hiddleston had come on and he was, he was promoting like a movie where he plays like a country singer or whatever. Mm. And after they do the interview with him, uh, they bring him on to do the weather and they introduce him as Loki. They're like, here's Loki with the weather. Yes. And it's like right after he was doing that like normal interview and then he puts on the Loki voice and like does the weather. It's like, that's kind of uh he, he's the only one of these actors who they could get to do that. Like, like they wouldn't <laughs> introduce Robert Downey Jr. As here's Iron Man with sports. You
4: know, the cast is pretty stacked. I mean, aside from Owen Wilson, we also have uh, Lugu is in this. Uh, yes. We have uh, the actress from Lovecraft countries in this. Uh, we just have a really good cast. Marvel just is cash and checks everywhere. They're like, hey, you want to you want to want to walk on and do a Marvel show for a million dollars?
2: <laughs> By this point, i'd say like most a-listers have done some kind of comic book something yeah
1: yeah i like mean when the they, they got tilda they swinton it was nice. like well really when they got anthony hopkins it's all about how these yeah. movies are pitched individually yeah. Uh, yeah because that first thor movie is is shakespeare so you can come to anthony hopkins and be like hey want to be odin in, a, in in this thing, and you know you can sit down mm-hmm. for most of it. <laughs> <And>
2: like, we they have like Angelina Jolie in uh, a In Eternals, yeah. yeah. They brought her out of retirement. Comics, <laughs> in a comic book movie, yeah. That's yeah. Like, that'd be like seeing Brad Pitt in one of these, and we will. And we will. Like he and we'll he be, be I'm surprised out. he hasn't already. He, no, he was in Deadpool. He was Zach. He was in. Oh, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. He, he's the invisible guy who gets a shot at the end. So technically, I mean, it has like. Everyone that you that you never thought you'd see in a movie like this. Yeah.
1: So it would have to be someone like that. Um, for the for the last minute and change here, let's talk about Spiral. Um, I Spiral, know Dan, Spiral. you're a huge. You just did a Saw franchise rewatch. Um,
2: yeah, no, I, I rewatched all the movies uh, recently. I'm nostalgic for all those. I have a lot of nostalgia for them. I saw them every Halloween as a kid with my dad. Uh, hmm. And, and, and for the ones where he didn't go with me, I remember I'd like sneak into the theater with the, my friends, but I, I saw them like every hell. And And mm-hmm. you know not all of them are uh, strong. And <laughs> Quite a few of them are pretty forgettable. Uh, but the, the original and the first sequel, I'd even argue the fourth one are, are, are all pretty solid. I mean, the, the first one's like a classic that I love like showing people because, Justin, you know what the twist is. I don't think Wes and Zach do, but the ending of the first Saw movie is like, oh my God. Mm. It's like the best twist I've ever seen in a movie. But now uh, Chris Rock has kind of taken the helm. Uh, He's continuing this tradition lately of uh, comedians taking over classic horror franchises and rebooting them. Uh, David Gordon Green. Yeah. yeah. Who I, who I think we like. I, I like him. Uh, he yep. did Pineapple Express, for battle, these stoner comedies, and then he took over Halloween, and he's going to be doing the next one uh, also that comes out this year. It's ironic them bringing this up actually, because he is a huge fan of Repo Man, and Repo Man makes an appearance in Halloween 2018. They're watching it on the
0: TV. I
4: mean, it's. Ah. I mean, Dan. I mean, we we love horror, so like, this is this is our yeah. bag. But but. I think I think a lot of I mean we also have Jordan Peele obviously was a comedian for twenty years or ten. Years. Oh yeah, yeah. And That's then, a then great then point. And then became a, a horror, but I think it's because horror and comedy are, are the same genre. They're just they're just flipped back and forth. You know what I mean? Like you are you are building you are designing it the same.
2: Sam Raimi when he makes a horror movie he's making a comedy at the same time. Yeah, his his horror films are comedies. Like the horror comedies. That's why Always. we love.
4: That's why the two of us love, uh, Raimi and uh, Wes Craven is because the two two of those guys are making comedies, yeah. but they're also making horror movies. You know what I mean? So it makes sense to me.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Spiral. The I mean, listen. Kind of funny hearing Chris Rock raise his voice.
2: He 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 does. Uh, he is kind of goofy. He, yeah. He, oh he, yeah. When he's like, I don't trust anyone in this precinct. It's like
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. He has one wow. solid delivery, I think, in that whole trailer, which is when he he finds that box and he's like,
2: get everybody out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You
1: know, I was like, that was cool. That, that was, was good. Cool.
2: Chris Rock, and obviously he needs, to, he needs to outdo the traps from the previous films, which is a pitfall that uh, Saw's always fallen into. They always have to outdo mm-hmm. the previous traps. But it's become this like detective procedural again, which is what the original film is. In the original film, you don't know who Jigsaw is. And it's, it's mm-hmm. all these, it's like an Easter egg hunt. And that, that's what this is kind of returning to because they're, they're not using the Tobin Bell voice, the, ra- the yeah. Raspia, I want to play a game. And now it sounds like a teenage girl is putting her voice through a scrambler or something yeah. like that. Uh, it, it doesn't even have the fucking iconic puppet. The spirals on his cheeks, mm, which, right. is, which is like the one thing that everybody knows. Like for normies, Saw is a series about yeah. a puppet that came to life and is kidnapping people and putting them in, in traps. If you've never seen these movies, that's probably what you think they're about. Yeah. It's it's not <laughs> even using that. And the puppet was on all the posters, all the trailers. I mean, it's it's trying to really start from scratch, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I am actually looking forward to it. Um, I think I, I'm going to, make a point to watch the original saw movie and then watch this one and then anything else i'll i'll see how i feel but we have spent a lot of time on news so i'm gonna, we're gonna take a break um and then we're gonna come back and talk about the big monkey fighting big lizard hey. <laughs> keep it right here All right, and we're back. Uh, we are going to jump right into everyone's favorite monster fighting movie of late. Godzilla vs. Kong, directed by Adam Wingard, just dropped on March 31st on streaming. I don't think any of us went to see it in theaters, but it was out on March 25th in theaters. No. Um, so
2: You know what? I'm glad I didn't. I wanted to. I was trying to get people together to come and see it with me. I just couldn't uh, justify paying IMAX prices when it's like on my TV. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's hard to begin with to justify IMAX prices when the movie is just like out. But like if it's basically free on, on, yeah. you know, HBO, like what do you. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right. Usually uh, I would, I would advocate for us to do like uh you know, obviously a soft opening, no spoilers, but there's not that much plot here. You guys know yeah. what the situation yeah. is. So spoiler warning heavy right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, if you're really invested in the outcome of this super heavyweight match. Um, and we're just going to, mm-hmm. we're just going to crack it open. Maybe I will have the Wikipedia yeah. page open for our reference. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically, I mean, whoever, well, wants that's to good.
0: It,
2: Cause maybe you can, uh, explain to me what the fuck is going on with Gatora's skull <laughs> and, uh, right, the right. robot. Um, y- okay. So what I understand is that from the energy sample, they pulled from middle earth for a lack of a better, I mean, I don't know what it's actually called, but I've Hollow been calling Earth, it. Hollow, Hollow Earth. Earth. Hollow Earth. There you go. They pulled that energy sample out and then injected it into the Mech Godzilla they built that has Ghidorah's skull, and that made Ghidorah possess it. It's using King Ghidorah's brain
4: waves. Right. It's using his brain waves. Uh, it's it's similar to the um, Batman versus Superman <laughs> thing where Zod's body is
3: animating uh, doomsday. Right. Cause of the telepathic link okay. that Ghidorah had with his with three, his three heads, heads. Right. That was yeah. the justification. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. What it says here is actually, um, that wasn't
2: clear basically, to
1: me. basically the overview <laughs> of this movie, just to, to give, again, to give y'all something to hold on to. Um, uh, Godzilla is upset because um, basically there's a he's he's there's a copyright uh, infringement issue going on. Godzilla is is upset. There's another Godzilla being built, uh, one that's mechanized Mm. and controllable, and he's like, "Hey, Mm -hmm. I I I built up my brand over you know two million years. I'm not gonna let some freaking Robo Quad come around and tell me what's what." So he's blowing stuff up, and the humans are like, "Why is this happening?"
0: There's
2: this company called Apex. Wait, okay, so, so hold on. So in the beginning that is Mecha Godzilla, no, that's real Godzilla. I, I thought that was
0: not real even Godzilla. No, yeah, that's real yeah, Godzilla.
1: Okay. But what he's Wait. doing is because he knows you know how in all these movies he can sense where the where his enemies are and he like is hunting them. Yep. So this is yes, the situation yes. where yeah. like he senses that they're that really what he's sensing is Ghidorah being reanimated mm-hmm. in some sense, but and he's chasing after it to try to stop it. But they keep, I guess, moving the the mecha. Yeah. Um and mm-hmm. while that's happening. Um, Kong is in, is in an, a containment facility on Skull Island. He's grown to his full size or something close to it, I guess. Um, and they're like, hey, we need Kong to lead us to the hollow earth because he can help us get the energy signature Hello? that we need Hello. to power the Mecha Godzilla. To fight back against the kaiju, because yes. inherently, like ha- the humans having a kaiju they can control is like not the worst idea, since kaiju are just popping up yeah. now. But the bad idea is yeah. that they used, you know, they, they just always give it
2: to corrupt, like billionaires that and too, stuff.
1: That too. This yeah. guy who was just the most telegraphed oh, mustache person. twirling.
2: On. Oh, I know. It was a knock <laughs> in any movie. Twirling his mustache and petting his cat and wearing his eye patch and. <laughs> What's another
1: one? Spinning his chair. Yeah, um,
2: devilish. So way.
1: that's basically the plot. And then you also have these human characters that are kind of connected to either creature uh, as we move forward. But um, honestly, the fun thing to talk about is yeah. like the fight scenes. Cause that's what we're here for. I mean, I, 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 mm-hmm. I had myself a, a kaiju weekend. I, I texted you all about it. Um, I watched mm-hmm. this. I yeah. watched the original Godzilla 1954. I watched the original King Kong 1933. Classic. And I rewatched Godzilla twenty fourteen. Also good. Um, And I think that the Justin, you should have watched Shin Godzilla, dude. That's the best uh,
2: Godzilla movie ever. Yeah, that one's actually genuinely. Yeah,
0: I saw the trailers for it. It's really
1: terrifying looking, and uh, the biggest that he's ever been. Mm -hmm. Well, he's like
2: evolving over the course of the movie. Yeah, Um, it's it kind of is relevant to um, the contagion that we were just experiencing. That's how they treat him. They treat him like he's a natural disaster. It just keeps getting bigger and more powerful, and it becomes and more and it can't really be stopped. You can only be and it's it sh- it shot like a it's like a quasi found footage thing where it's they're treating it like a what would this look like if it was really yeah. happening, like a Godzilla fight and um not a fight, but but I mean normally in the movies when it's two kaiju's going after one another, it's just like the attention is on them fighting and maybe some aerial shots of like people fleeing the cities, but Shin Godzilla is all like ground up. Yeah. Like, what would the government do? Would people flee? Would they stay in their homes and, like, accept their fate? Like, it's it's really dark. I mean, it taps into, uh, you know, kind, kind of um, the breadth of how someone would react to something like the Hiroshima bombing mm-hmm. or, or, like, uh, that, that hurricane that swept uh, New Orleans. Katrina. Katrina. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and, like, some people flee and some people stay because they don't know what else to do. Like Shin Godzilla is like a natural disaster movie yeah. really with like a kaiju wrapping. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. The um, one of the, one of the things that popped out to me when I was rewatched, cause I, like I said, I rewatched Godzilla 2014. And I think that like, obviously these movies, just these three movies, uh, Godzilla King of the monsters and Godzilla versus Kong have changed very drastically, but 2014 is the most concerted effort as far as American remakes to capture that original, um, intend- intended, vibe, so to speak, that intended mm. meaning and weight
2: behind Godzilla disagree. Oh, do you? So you're, you're saying Godzilla, you're saying it matches the originals intent.
1: No, That's no. Well, I don't, saying. I don't, well, no, I don't think it, I don't think it does it, but I think that it's the close, I mean, especially compared to obviously the 1998 version, which is just a joke. And
2: uh, either of the sequels. Well, well, I mean, it's you think it's trying to. Yeah, I think like, like for like, example, like, uh, as, as horrific as the first one.
1: Okay. For the character of Godzilla, it's him. I mean, they in America we've always gendered him as a him, but in, J- in Japan they use it. Yeah. But uh, for the character of Godzilla, in that that original in the 1954 original is an hour and a half long. Godzilla doesn't show up for 20 yeah. minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. I like I timed it right, mm-hmm. and that's cool. That's great. In uh, yeah. the 2014, it's two hours, thirty minutes longer. He doesn't show up until the 50 minute mark, 56 minutes, or roughly. Uh, there's a similar mm. restraint in terms of showing Godzilla. Uh, obviously, we kind mm-hmm. of memed about it when the movie came out because, like, you want to see the fights, especially in America, we're used to seeing things blow up and get thrown. <laughs> uh, but they hold off on that even through the very end. Um, and his actual, he's not of he's not evil. He's not like this This totally just vacuous, mindless beast that's just tr- stomping on everything in its path. And he has a clear motivation. Which is what i heard. <laughs> right. Huh? And that's like, and and, and because Remember in the religion. original movies, you know, he's, a, he's, yes, like Danny said, he's a nuclear metaphor. He is. He's, he's a natural right. disaster. He's, a, he's reckoning with, he's a reckoning with not only the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but also Japan's feelings of guilt for their participation in uh, World War II. Uh, And their allegiances, you know what I mean? So it's not just like, look at this terrible thing that happened to us. It's also like, how much of it do we deserve based on what we Mm -hmm. participated in? Um, So Godzilla 2014 doesn't get that deep. I'm sorry, Wes. uh, Godzilla 2014 doesn't get that deep. But in terms of trying to like mythologize Godzilla... It, it's uh, it's better than 98. No, it, it's a serious yeah.
2: attempt at the mythologizing. I'll, I'll agree with that there. Um, well, I mean, anything's better than, than 98, you know. That's, that's not really a high bar. I, I think, and I had this problem even back when I saw it. Um, I know that this franchise is split down mm-hmm. the middle, like exactly half the movie's, godzilla is horrifying he's a monster uh and and you need to be afraid of him there's a godzilla movie from the 80s godzilla and they took it really seriously Mm -hmm. and and it's and it's like um the same intent behind the original where he's not fighting another monster he's just like this disaster that's happening to the city and the destruction Mm -hmm. in his wake people are traumatized and, and it's not that there are like fun moments but it's like taken seriously like the original to your point justin the 2014 film knows that you're excited for Godzilla.
0: Yeah.
2: Or I guess to counter your point is what I mean. Mm -hmm. When he opens that one, uh, Muto's mouth and and does the atomic breath into it. Like they know people are going to cheer. And when I saw that movie in IMAX, everyone (laughs) clapped, like they loved it. They thought it was great. Uh, Everyone was cheering for Godzilla. And then at the end, it's like Godzilla savior of our city. And he disappears into the water. And you're supposed to be like, yeah, that was great. But watch the original, like, they they have survivors of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings like playing burn victims in the right. burn unit like they're taking this seriously. Godzilla is supposed to be scary, so it is taking the mythologizing seriously, and I, I agree that there's a lot of effort and care put into that. But Godzilla really shouldn't be used as like a crowd pleaser when when you're trying to make like a menacing like really serious Godzilla reboot. Mm. I don't think. Unless you're going all the way with that, and and this movie Godzilla versus Kong definitely goes all the way with just being like a B movie that no one's taking seriously. Right, right, right. Whereas those, those prior to it's it's like they they wanted you to, you know, consider what it would be like if this really happened uh, in the world.
1: Yeah. Go ahead, Wes. I know you you had.
4: I think I mean you guys kind of touched on it already, but I think, um, and I know we kind of jumped over our thoughts on this, um, but. I, what I found so surreal about this movie, Godzilla versus King Kong, is like, it, it it's so weird what happens when America takes ideas that are not, that are critical of America mm. and try to make it mm. crowd-pleasing popcorn stuff, which is cool, yes. but like, yes. um, Godzilla is like, as, as a critique, it's like the fear of America coming in and destroying you, you know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. the original idea, and that's in yeah. the DNA of the character. Like, no matter... That's why the American remakes don't really work, mm-hmm. is because America is almost incapable of being self-critical. But like mm-hmm. something like King Kong is is a similar thing. Like King Kong is literally it was a racial caricature that was about yeah. anxieties of like black men coming in and like raping white women. You know what I mean? So like we see these two like anxiety monsters mm-hmm. completely divorced from their origin points. Just use this popcorn Which is like fine.
2: And and it's like okay. This was always. And I get.
4: And look. And look. It looks good. Like the fighting looks good. It doesn't look as good as it probably would have been on IMAX because the lighting in that city in Hong Kong, all the greens and purples. Holy shit! It looks. It it looks good. It looks good. It looks good. But I. I mean, it would. It probably. There's something going on with the CGI. It's probably the conversion. They probably didn't have enough time to convert it over. But like, it looks good but but the science stuff like the the insistence on taking these amazing actors and we have like an amazing cast of actors in this mm. like Brian Tyree Henry Rebecca Hall uh he's
1: the Alexander best character Gargard.
2: like like Rebecca we have Hall's these amazing a New
1: uh, Zealander boy New Zealander boy who names Mickey oh, Godzilla oh, God hey, from uh, uh, come exactly for the, the Wilder no that's Mick Godzilla I'm, I'm for the
4: Wilder people yeah. but 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 like but like, yeah. but like but like we have this amazing bench of of actors just saying gobbly yeah like i'm like i don't care i don't care yeah. about this mm-hmm. guys like i it's you guys are too good to be in this movie i hope the check was good <laughs> uh <laughs> you know well let me let me it's just weird seeing it's just weird seeing it's just weird seeing these characters these these monsters just kind of being puppeted around with sure. out yes. and kind of like you I
0: know agree. what i mean
1: yeah, and now before we before we dig into that more, I do wanna know, Zach, your your thoughts about the movie overall, because I know that you and I, jokingly, but not that jokingly, have gone back and forth about our preferences for Godzilla or Kong just in the purely physical matchup sense. Mm. But um yeah. what did you think about the movie?
3: Uh, I, I, it was basically exactly what I was expecting. Right. You know, I mean, I just assumed the humans were going to be annoying and pointless and I wouldn't care about them and I would space out. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then we get to the fighting and the fighting actually, I think, uh, like exceeded my expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought the choreography was so good. And yes, I went into this rooting for Kong, but that was also like I knew that in the end Godzilla has hacks. He's a laser lizard (laughs) with like armored skin like he doesn't Kong does not stand a chance. But that didn't stop me from rooting for him because he's a sweet boy (laughs) that just wants to be home, you know, and uh, and I think the fight. Kind of just they went exactly how I thought it would. Uh, you know, Kong should never beat Godzilla in the water, and and Godzilla did exactly what I thought right. he was going to do, which was he tried to drown right. him. Um, and somehow bombing both of them saved Kong's life. Like
1: they <laughs> <bombed> <laughs> yeah, they sent in the uh, they sent in the I think they no the oxygen destroyers in the second one, but they depth charges is what they are, mm, and they yeah. like obliterate the water, and somehow like Kong is
3: Kong is good.
1: good. Uh, yeah, it's it's strange. I um, I, I wanted to piggyback real quick, uh, before I move on to some other uh, tidbits that I thought were cool as far as the the, the movie. Um, because I I going into watching the original King Kong, uh, nineteen thirty three. I was aware of how, of like the the racial overtones that a lot of people have ascribed to it, right? Uh, and they are overtones. Mm-hmm. But I also was aware that the directors have like vehemently denied that that was part of the intention. And what I read that they actually were trying to do, apparently the director, one of the directors was like out and about in New York City and he looked up at the Empire State Building and he saw like a plane flying and he just started thinking about like industrialization. Like actually apparently the movie is meant to be a metaphor for the loss of <laughs> the loss of 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 industrialization, and I mean, I see that because to your point, well, to, uh, to counter your point rather, we're doing a lot of countering today. What I understood him to be saying was that, yeah, that I guess that he I don't, whether he was scared of it, I don't know, but he wanted to make a comment on it. Point just being that, like when King Kong dies, you know, it was beauty it's killed really the beast. I don't know if like yeah. that is if that is, if that would track with it being like a fear of the black man, you know, (laughs) taking the white woman, if, if it's a sad thing when he dies, but I don't know, like that's what we can talk about. Right. Because he gets killed and then it's like this whole mournful Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Mm. But the
2: most, the most basic uh, thing to take away from it. And it's, it's how I felt about it since I was a kid is just that uh, it's, it's about, uh, parts of the world that haven't been touched by, you know, uh humanity and stuff. Um and then humans coming in and and fucking it up and to me the point of King Kong was always that, that we're the the monsters, we're the real savages. For for taking this like beautiful creature from mm. its home and and exploiting it. Yeah. You know, and and you know, to where it has to revolt, it has to break out and and try and yeah. find its way home but it's in the city, it doesn't know what to do and and, and we end up shooting it down. So, so i mean if it is uh yeah if it was always intended as this race thing where like you have to be afraid of uh black people i mean m- maybe some of that is there but it just doesn't really track for me with uh him being like the misunderstood like hero of it and us like crying when he dies at the end you know mm-hmm.
4: well I, I, just, I, I just i don't know, know. i don't think
2: he's I, I think i think
4: i think i think it's it's two things i think a cinema is so I mean, especially early cinema right. in the thirties is so entrenched in racism right. that it slips into mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they hadn't even if they didn't mean to do it, like it's there. But I think also I don't think Kong is the hero of that movie. I think I think um uh what's her name? And Darrow. Yeah. Whoever uh yeah. whatever the, the, the central figure is and her boyfriend, yeah, they're the main characters. Kong right. is just a prop, you know, like literally a prop, but also like for the story purposes, he's like the savage who gets brought
2: to America. Right. 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 But when, when they they have him chained up, when they have him chained up, like even in the thirties version, you're supposed to feel bad for him. Like, like he's, he's, he's the first like character in a film that was like entirely a special effect. Yes. And I, I say that because like, like, you know, we had metropolis by Fritz long where, there's that walking robot woman, but she's not really a character. Like Kong has characteristics. He's fighting for this woman that he's fallen in love with. Uh, He's devastated that he's been betrayed by her. He's confused. He's sad. And in the end, he's in a fit of rage and that's all conveyed through stop motion and and miniatures and, you know, claymation and stuff. Uh, and, And, and there's a lot of love and care put into that character. like, a surprising amount for the '30s, because now we have these CGI characters. I mean, everywhere. But back then, that was like, you know, you would expect them to just like portray him as like the blob or something, mm-hmm. where it's just like this this fucking thing that's attacking helpless people. But they don't. Like Kong is he's kind of like a tragic, uh, not hero, he's like, but he, he is like a tragic figure in that film and that in that '30s film. I mean, he he serves a similar purpose as like.
4: Uncle Tom in Uncle Tom's Cabin, you know what I mean? Which I think is also, like, not a, a real guy. Like, I like mm-hmm. I think the special effect is is great. But I think also there's intentionality. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason Kong doesn't look like a, a gorilla in that movie. He looks like a guy. Mm-hmm. Like, his face looks like a guy. He does have a human And, face. A, it's for empathy purposes. Yeah. But, B, it's also, it's also because, you know, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think it's a larger conversation. But I also think... As we've progressed with King Kong as a character, we've attempted to make him more of a, a, a character in his story, which I think is a major thing here. Like, I think he's the main out of the two of them. He is the monster that is. Yeah, yeah. Kong, right? No,
2: like, he's more of a character than the than the humans are a lot of the time.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, aside from like Brian Tyree Henry, the rest of them don't really have characteristics. But yeah, I mean, Kong like is more of a character here than uh, he's ever been. I, I agree with you, Wes. So much so that that Godzilla really, it's not even like a Godzilla movie, like until that last like 20 minutes. I mean, Godzilla's just kind of Kong's final boss.
1: Go ahead, Zach.
3: Uh, No, yeah, I was just going to say, I I mean, Kong has a a more or less fleshed out plot, you know, like, I mean, we we follow him. He has an arc, at least, that we can kind of discuss, whereas Godzilla pops Mm. in from time to time. Uh, he doesn't even get like the last shot of the movie. They give that to Kong, just like yeah. chilling in uh, Hollow mm-hmm. Earth, whereas Godzilla just descends into the sea. And I actually, uh, I read that that Kong in Hollow Earth was originally supposed to be a you know mid credit scene. Um, and then they were like, no, weird. We, yeah, exactly. And then they were going to actually end with Godzilla going returning to the sea. Which I mean, say what you will about how final that feels. That still makes it more of okay, this is Godzilla's story, and now it's mm-hmm. ending. Um, but ending it with Kong just makes it so it solidifies Kong as really the protagonist of this story, and Godzilla is more of a supporting
0: character. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, at,
4: I mean, it's all it's all at the end when when uh, and I guess spoilers. We'll put it. Who cares? Can't you know spoil at, at the end, he, King Kong doesn't even. I mean, King Kong is the one who gets the yeah. kill shot. Like like right. Godzilla, just atomic breaths his super axe mm-hmm. i guess his storm oh, his storm breaker why, why why give king kong a melee weapon he is a giant monkey <laughs>
1: like,
2: <laughs> because, just because monkeys use hands. tools I don't because understand uh monkeys, monkeys yeah it's use tools so that so that made sense to me i thought <laughs> oh, that was good asked. sure guys <laughs> they, they
1: use tools. speaking of tools there is a point in that hong kong fight where uh kong is hanging off of a building holding like a crane in his hand yeah. and he throws it yeah. across the street to, at another building Godzilla's like, what? Godzilla, yeah he like he like metal gear solids him yeah, yeah. and then jumps on his back but this <laughs> does lead to what is my favorite moment which is when godzilla executes a perfect ipon seonagi judo throw Woo! and that actually ties oh, yeah. back into um, a real fact about, about, uh, the original Godzilla physical performer, Haro Nakajima, who was a black belt in judo. Mm-hmm. And so he choreographed all the fight scenes with, with judo actions. Um, so having Godzilla bite oh. his arm and throw him over his shoulder was like an actual reference to that, which I, I thought was really cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you guys have said, and the, the endings have always been, um, some of the, like, wonkiest parts of these movies. But this one felt super rushed. It was like, okay, we have two minutes left. Here's Kong where he's supposed to be. Here's Godzilla where he's supposed to be. And that's right. it. Um,
3: yep. And the, and the humans are just also chilling in Hollow Earth uh, now, which I guess is, like, they can do that without worrying about the other Titans just coming up and killing them. Right. Like the monsters that live there. Right.
1: Yeah. Or, or, well, I guess they, they come there to visit him. My concern is whether or not it'll be that hospitable for Kong anyway, because there are all these other creatures that want to like contest him as a, as a, as a, as the king king. Kong Kong yes well they know that they know that he's the
2: alpha because he's got that axe and he fucking because he has a house like a king on his throne Godzilla curb stomped him he won Godzilla's respect at the end there Godzilla's like you know what you're you're a real one you're real for helping me take on that robot thank you for that and they and they go their separate Mm -hmm. ways well yeah and and Godzilla. I cannot fucking believe that this series hold on hold on this series started with a very serious treatment of, of Godzilla. He he was a hero, but, but whatever Uh, it was serious about like, yeah, we're taking, we're we're like, this is how the earth would react. The city would be evacuated, uh, all this shit. And now we, two movies later, robot Godzilla walking around, fucking grabbing Godzilla's head and bashing him into the side of a skyscraper and a huge monkey showing up and fucking taking him on with, with a glowing (laughs) ax with a giant glowing ax It's the Toho movies took a while to get this like silly. Yeah, but this is America. (laughs) We're like we're like. Well, I mean, but but the OG Godzilla movies were always sillier than American Godzilla movies, and now and now we're like Mm. on the same plane. But not even because to be fair,
4: to be fair, in the original Toho movies, we got to Godzilla versus Kong on the third try. So like, it's not such a. But but also even that movie. Is a little bit more serious. But they didn't fight time, the you know? robot in that one, but but it's more serious in tone. Yeah, like, that one is, is at least we're still like okay, these characters are not completely divorced from their yeah. origin point. This one is like it may mm. as well just be like it may as well be like Bill and John, the monkey and lizard, are beating each <laughs> other up. You know what I mean? Like. <sighs> Yeah. I
3: don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Marvel treatment also, you know. I mean yes. like they you know, it's it's they, it's a cinematic universe and mm-hmm. they want to get to Civil War, they want to get to Avengers Infinity mm-hmm. War, or whatever that is. You know, like that's Monster that's Island, I that's I mean if you watch the first Iron Man compared to watching Infinity War, you would never believe that we had come this right. far. Um and so I think it's the same with any other cinematic franchise they're just trying to get to the Avengers
1: and it also seems it's like to be uh, it's like gearing up for I mentioned this uh but it also seems to be gearing up for a Pacific Rim crossover because the the tech technology in this movie like I in know. the first in the in 2014 they're very clearly using like regular stuff like here's an analog nuke here's like a radio in this mm-hmm. there's like Holodrams. there's spaceships that can go to the
2: middle of yeah, the earth cars, and flip yeah.
1: gravity What's yeah.
2: Going? Yeah. there? There is a middle of the earth Number that's been one. there the yeah. time and has monsters. That's like, a, that's like, a, that's like an old science. Diet. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, like that's a good real like, conspiracy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's almost like an H.G. Wells it is. kind it's of crazy. idea. The
3: center the of the earth.
4: Yep, but also, mm. but also, just uh, on the Pacific Rim uh, point, I think this wants to be Pacific Rim so bad. But like, what works about Pacific Rim uh, is that it's so. I feel like it wants to be Pacific Rim so
2: bad. Like the the, the coloring, the coloring. Scheme,
1: the coloring. The, that,
2: uh, but, like, yeah, okay, yeah. The, yeah, 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 neon tubes everywhere, and it's got <laughs> that bisexual lighting. You guys know what I'm talking about the blues yes. and the pinks, the moonlight, the bisexual lights. lighting. Uh, but the thing yeah. that
4: makes Pacific Rim so much fun is that it's like simultaneously taking itself super seriously, but also in love with like kaiju and super sentai. Like, it's like it's doing yeah. it's doing both. It's it's and Guillermo del Toro is just amazing, like, he's good at that, shit, mm-hmm. you know, but like. Like, it's able to be both, like, like kind of fun, and, but also about, like, anxiety and depression and, like, mm-hmm. losing a family
2: member. I think this movie did strike kind of a good balance there because it eventually becomes extremely goofy. But when humans are talking, they're not just, like, joking up the dialogue to where it's, like, mm-hmm. like the, the human characters are still taking it seriously yeah. enough, you know? Yeah. Like, like it doesn't become like the Joss Whedon Justice League where everyone's just joking because the whole thing is one big joke. Like, like d- d- to the humans there are still stakes, but like when it gets to the fighting, like, all right, this is just like right. a fun time. Yeah, you know, I think, I think it, I think it rides a pretty even line. I can agree there. with that for sure. Are you, with this movie, yeah, because I,
3: I did That's thought Millie strong. Bobby Brown's a whole. Gr- I'm sorry. They what did they fly in that went six. <laughs> hundred miles per hour and they were just like sitting there like
2: yeah that, like they were when they get what is that uh what's that corporation there's like a big new faceless Apex. corporation Apex. that can like go through the center of the earth and like yeah out no that Kong. zach
1: when they said 600 miles an hour i was like you're you're dead right there's no way that your internal organs can survive that speed
3: yeah. and they're sleeping it's, they're just when like it's uh, not
1: meant to carry human cargo i mean i guess there are like living things in it but like huh no No,
3: you didn't survive that you're dead this is
1: weird but like i kind of thought it would be cool after the fact we see mecha godzilla kill the skull crawler in the demonstration but i was like what if they brought out like zilla from the 1998 movie i mean they wouldn't do that because they're trying to erase it but like if mecha (laughs) godzilla killed (laughs) <laughs> zilla uh, as like they a,
4: already killed him in uh they already they, would, him have, him they, they would have
0: wars. to yeah yeah destroy oh, the monsters
2: Oh, final wars, wars. yeah destroy yeah. yes. monsters he that he's means. he's like a 2 second thing it's like blink and you miss it he, he like jumps up and and Godzilla like grabs him yeah, and grabs him and crushes him, him or something him. Yeah. <laughs> I love it yeah. great it's I love it but but also that justin that would be american you know godzilla the american side of godzilla acknowledging that like that first attempt was complete right. bullshit and i don't think right, they would right, ever do right. that yeah
1: i came close <sighs> to rewatching it for this episode but i i didn't have the energy um <laughs> there's no point yeah it's it's weird he doesn't even breathe fire he like blows explosions at people it's just <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> he's he's yeah. a big iguana yeah. literally Scrolls. Yeah. He even um.
1: But I mean, yeah, like we said, not much else to talk about here. Um. Would you, I mean I give it what five Mecha Godzilla's out of out of eight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Man. I give it. Uh. I give it twenty-seven Millie Bobby Browns out of thirty-four. <laughs> that sounds good. I think I'll take it. Uh. I'll take.
4: Uh. I'll give it. Uh. Fifty. Uh. Decapitated Mecha Godzilla heads. Mm. Uh. Out of out of one thousand. Oh.
1: Fifty out of a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. like a do that man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach, do you have a? Did you? Did you guys prepare these
0: little no, jokes? Did no. you prepare this? Because I didn't, and I
3: don't have one for you. No, I'll I'll give it. I'll give it a se- seven. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it seven. Don't don't try too hard. No 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 no. I got it. I got don't strain. It. Don't strain yourself. I'll give it seven Kong axes out of eleven. There we go.
1: Great. no i don't like that <laughs> All
3: right. no we'll leave that in but
2: i No, it's fine it's fine that. we're moving no, on we're moving ratings on. are fake we're moving ratings on. Are on. Guys,
1: we have our real. meme ratings for godzilla versus kong we're going to take a break uh so that we can recollect ourselves for repo man which is a very different movie and uh yeah we'll be back real soon
2: Welcome back, everybody. So we've come to the section of our show where uh, one of us chooses a film to talk about and turn each other on to. This is my choice. My first choice for the show is Repo Man, which is an Alex Cox uh, punk musical part sci-fi comedy from 1984 that counters and critiques Reaganism. So for a little bit of background on this film, Reagan was about to be reelected in '84, and Cox decided that he'd make this anti-consumerist, anti-moral majority pulp story about a young punk who joins a scrappy team of repo men. The first thing I want to talk about is um how this is kind of like the anti-product placement movie. Mm. Did you did you guys know this? All the um the like um items on grocery stores shelves and inside people's houses and liquor store and stuff. It's all like bland, like black text on like white background. Like just everything looks boring. Everything outside of uh, Otto's like circle of uh, punks and, and blue collar workers is just like boring and bland. And everyone is kind of uh, in, in like a trance, like like his parents um, mm-hmm. are watching a televangelist on the TV who's saying uh I want your money because God wants your money, you know, he's, he's critiquing all the cornerstones of Reaganism that was so prevalent in the mid eighties. Right. I mean, everything is very um, straight laced and uh, just like white picket fence Americana. I mean, that's, that's what he's like going after with Mm -hmm. this. And it's like the definitive punk movie because punk was you know such a big mm-hmm. counterculture at the time because so many like young people wanted to like rebel against that and this is kind of their calling card in in film you know does that make sense and, and i mean it is such a punk movie uh the main theme is Iggy pop with the the guitarist from blondie and the drummer from sex pistols it has music from a uh, black flag the misfits mm-hmm. suicidal tendencies. The Circle Jerks cameos, that shitty uh, lounge act, you know the do wop, shoe wop, say what? Yeah, those guys. Uh, it's it's very like in touch with like um, the pulse of like the punk scene at the time, and and very anti Reagan, you know, uh, very surreal, uh, very pulpy. It's it's kind of like three movies colliding and like mm-hmm. and like breaking into one another. Until they just have like this explosive Mm -hmm. ending. There's the story of this punk who becomes uh, a repo man and uh, is is trying to learn the ropes of like working on commission and basically stealing cars because it is like blue collar work. He is becoming like a blue collar worker, but it's it's still something that like a young kid would want to do. And it's it's the old repo man training the younger one at the same time. There's this um, (laughs) guy who's had a a lobotomy and he's he's driving around a car that we assume has been stolen from like area 51 or something. And it's got four dead aliens in the back. They vaporize people. Uh, There's this whole conspiracy going on with the government. I mean, they're trying to track down the car and eventually they, they cross paths with Otto and uh, the young girl who's on the run. Um, And and yeah, they just kind of culminate into something really unique. Something that uh, I don't think it has this quality. That's almost like impenetrable. It's like, it, it, at one moment it's so like gritty and pulpy and then it's so like surreal and like funny and like perfect to watch when you're high. Uh, and, and, and it has really like um kind of subtle, but like, you know, thought provoking uh, commentary on like the punk scene and how, how dumb a lot of punks are. I mean, that one kid is like going around robbing stores with his friends and it, it's totally something he's doing on his own accord. He just got out of jail. Um, and then he, he gets he gets shot he gets gunned down and, and he says uh, I blame society you know you know it, it's saying Reaganism is is bullshit but also like the punk scene I mean these kids are morons too like like this movie is not really picking a side it's critiquing everything you know what I mean
1: right and I, I will say uh I, <laughs> I appreciated um uh, uh, uh what's his name Emilio Estevez's character um mm-hmm. otto right yeah otto at, yeah. at a point that his friend is like i blame society he's like you're a white suburban punk just like me this is not <laughs> yeah.
2: society it's not uh, that deep yeah yeah
4: i mean i think the i lights think are going down. i think dan i mean we talked about this and we might continue to but this reminds me a lot of it follows the carpenter movie which i don't know i think it comes they, out, live. they, they, live. Live. they live it follows they live i'm yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> It it it's follows the
1: pronouns. It, they'll trip you up. Yeah. It, and
4: also It Follows is essentially a carpenter movie. It's just not my mm. Um but but they live. It reminds me a lot of They Live, um, and I don't know which one comes out first. I think this predates They Live by a couple years. But uh but, maybe. Um, but uh I'm, in the picture they live is
2: still Reagan America. No,
4: yeah, no, no. I mean I mean I think I think it's it's one of the few Popcorn films along with They Live That's actively critiquing Reaganism. Um, yeah. In a, ve- in a very similar Aliens sci fi. So, Re- like Re- Repo
2: Man there. was. Repo Man was right when Reagan was about to be reelected, and uh, They Live is like at the end of his second term. They Live is nineteen eighty eight,
4: and that makes a lot of sense. So as, they're as both a, still in that pocket. No, but I think I think, uh, but I think that's an interesting thing for you to say because I think they are in conversation in, a, in an interesting way. In that way, like I think it, I think um, Repo Man is feels slightly scuzzy and apocalyptic, but doesn't actually feel like the world is mm-hmm. in hell yet, and uh, yeah. and they live is an apocalypse like an apocalypse has transpired and we have just not noticed it you know what i mean and i think that that progression is yeah. interesting as well um uh, mm-hmm. especially with like we're talking about it follows comes right at the beginning of the aids crisis you know what i mean and like literally yeah people are dying but but white america is y- kind of like they live They li- why do i keep saying it follows do i keep saying it follows? <laughs> I, I don't know
1: well, I well, well, yes, you do, but I think maybe because it follows is also kind of a, a metaphorical horror movie that uh, is a lot about like you know suburbia, um, yeah, and things you can't see that are that you the paranoia, you know, which yeah. I haven't seen. They live, but I know the the premise of it. Um, we got to bring that and, on, and how, yeah, how related it is to you know to the Red Scare. Um, I, I'll say, Danny, you know, I think that knowing a lot of this context before I watch the movie might have improved my you <laughs> know.
0: yeah maybe that's
2: my fault maybe that's my fault because i told you to go in blind i do think it's a good movie to go in blind to because it's so much fun
0: hmm. uh
2: it's so funny like parts of this movie i i laughed so hard at that like my, my chest hurts like this this is like the funniest movie ever made in in my opinion or, or it's it's way up there but uh maybe i should have told you it, it was you know critiquing you know like the the white picket americana of uh, the time and televangelists mm. and consumerism all that stuff it's, oh, yeah. it's very major, much on the pulse of that stuff
1: major kenneth uh, copeland vibes oh yeah scene. oh yeah
2: major one kenneth of my
1: copeland. favorite scenes actually when uh, if listeners don't know kenneth copeland is a televangelist who recently kind of yes. made internet waves for saying that he doesn't fly commercial because it's like getting on a long tube filled with demons oh yeah long tube filled with demons <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> so um yeah. yeah that that guy is uh is the pits but um and,
2: and that was that was right when that was becoming like a, a cultural mainstay yeah. like like right. a, a channel that was devoted entirely to like stay-at-home christians tbn do nothing TBN. better to do than, TBN. than like you know yeah donate to uh to, to, they say they, they spent all their funds to send bibles to ecuador and all and those like, what about me? And they're like, don't worry, son, you're on a you're, you're on a first class uh, flight to uh, the pearly gates or whatever it is that they say. Right. Right. I I, I love that whole uh, interaction with his parents. You, you can tell he doesn't go home very often, doesn't see them very much. They're just like brainwashed in front of the TV. Uh, he's, he's eating out of a can that's just labeled food. And it's yeah. just some slop, you know, it's just like some some dark like slop. Uh, put it on the plate, son. You'll enjoy it more couldn't enjoy it anymore ma Mm. just like their life is shit you know uh (laughs) yeah i I mean i i I really like when it when it touches on um just just uh how kind of either brainwashed or fucking mentally ill the people in the Mm. older generations are like the repo men are all insane they're they're crazy people like they're all very uh just kind of and and i mean the the other guy is driving the older man who's driving the car around has literally had a lobotomy so it's like yeah it's saying like these older generations these older generations are either insane at this point or they have no idea what's going on they're just these people who are you know kind of a product of this like dystopia but not quite dystopian like world around them and the younger people don't really know what else to do but like be rebellious punks and go and thrash around and, and end up in and out of jail cells. Like mm-hmm. everyone in this movie is on, you know, they've all hit like a dead end. Even all best friends is, uh, you know, he's trying to become a fry cook and he, he, there's that line where he says there's, there's a room to move as a fry cook. And, mm-hmm. and he's really the only one in the movie who has like opportunities moving forward because like, mm-hmm. where's a repo man going to go from there? Where's like a, a punk off the street gonna go you know everybody's kind of given up on life in this movie right um it's it's kind of it's kind of nihilistic in that way but it's like the verhoven uh robocop nihilism where it's like funny gleeful nihilism yeah. you know yeah. what i mean it's, hey, it strikes I, that balance yeah
1: um i i this is just a random detail about like me watching the movie i'm looking at this auto guy and i'm like why does he look like martin sheen
4: <laughs> and then it turns
1: out that that's his son. Yeah. Did you know yeah. this, Zach, that this is, oh, yeah. I'm the last to figure this <laughs> out, yeah. that Martin Sheen's name is not Martin Sheen. It's like Raul Estevez or something. Yes. He's, <laughs> and Charlie Sheen is Emilio Estevez's brother. And I guess yeah. like, yeah. So dude, it I, it was messing with me because I'm looking at him. I was like, that's, that's so gotta funny. be Martin yeah. Sheen, right? They but they then I was like, would alike. that track? They do. No, mm-hmm. they all have the same. Yeah, hair. they look exactly same the same hair. They
0: have the same hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and of yeah course that, that a, messed
1: with me. I felt like I had I, I had uncovered a
2: bombshell, but apparently I'm just uh, I'm caught in the explosion. Actually, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that the acting in this movie is interesting to talk about because Harry Dean Stanton is the late playing it straight. The late great, yes, he's yeah. he's a character actor. He's playing it straight on this grizzled, you know, uh, guy who has nothing better to do than work on commission, uh, essentially stealing cars, right. That's like all his—he's really had in his life. It's all he knows, and he's—he's he's, you know passing it on down to this younger punk. And um, on the flip side, we have a uh, Dick Rude, who plays a uh, Duke, the the, the mm. punk who's just like a goober. He, he's like fresh out of prison. He's like robbing stores. That scene where um. He's sitting outside the uh, the liquor store, and he's like basically proposing to uh, that that other punk. Yeah. goes uh, you know, now that uh, now that it's just us. Why don't we settle down? I mean, start a family, a house. It. I-, I want you yeah. to have my baby. Yeah, it seems like a thing to do. And then he starts crying, and she's like, "You asshole!" Gives him a bump of coke, and he's like, "Let's go do the job." He goes and robs a store. He's got like a flannel on and like a a, a tux. He's he's wearing like jeans yeah, and like under a flannel a tied around his waist yeah. and then tux. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then there's, you know, he has those lines like, uh, let's get sushi and not pay. Fuck this. Let's go do some crimes. Like <laughs> he, he, to me, like really, this movie works on so many different fronts for me. Like, like it's such like a great, like ironic comedy. It's it's such like a great, uh, you know, commentary of what was going on in Americana at the time. And at the same time, it's this pulpy, uh, you know, like a blue collar repo man story with sci-fi shit going on at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I said before, it's a bunch of movies all kind of colliding and, and, and bleeding into one another and and into just this like total, what the fuck this is amazing. Last like 20 minutes, you know,
1: this actually reminds me, uh, this is an opportunity to read at least one of these letterbox reviews that that we gathered up. Um, I'll, I'll read this one just because it's, it's Jesus, if I can find it, it's directly related to what you just said, Danny. Um, and, the sushi um, line? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, this is from Monday Siegel. Uh, you can make a movie about something. You can make a movie about nothing. Uh-huh. and You can make a movie about everything. Repo Man falls into each category. That's what makes it so special. Uh, on a related note, I once went for sushi and skipped the bill, but I felt terrible and returned the next day to pay. I really want to be a punk, but I guess I'm just a P word.
0: Just a pussy. Hey, and ah. we're, 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 not afraid,
2: we're not afraid to say that here on the medium. Or hey, we're a bunch of boys. We talk about burps and farts, and you know, we're boys on Come here. on, burps and farts. We're a bunch of boys. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, but but yeah, I think that like um,
2: don't be a Ben Shapiro about it. Oh my gosh, p word. I watched
1: the Repo Man. I watched the Repo Man by myself last night, and I really hated it. I think it had too much to say about Reagan, who was one of the greatest presidents that we ever had. That's a really good a pretty good. That's a really yeah, adventure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's too good. I scared myself with that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the, 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 the. Th- yes, I for sure think that like, this is a, and obviously since we're reviewing it, we're talking about it, like we can help the audience out if they haven't seen this, like having that context going in, I think will help you kind of withstand some of the scenes that, or some of the parts of the movie that seem disconnected because you know that there's like a larger theme at play Um, for me, you know, those last 20 minutes were like discordant. (laughs) I didn't know like how much of it was supposed to be real. And then like at a certain point I was like, well, maybe I just don't, I should just stop taking it so seriously. But now also knowing that there was that weight to it with the Reaganism and everything, I'm wondering like at what point does the movie give up on being um, such a, such a, uh, a heavy, commentary you know where does it turn well into I, just a full comedy
0: mm. or a Here, full here's what whatever. i want to
2: say about the balance it strikes because because the balancing act in this movie is like insane it it is that uh commentary on consumerism and the moral majority and at the same time it's like this is a movie like like we're kids like they're young mm-hmm. filmmakers and, and they're like let's let's just fucking have fun the, the them taking off in the car is is escapism it's it's them yeah. escaping from this bullshit reality all around them oh, well, I mean, how old every, was, everybody is so downtrodden by everything was, that's uh, going on in the world they just want to get out um
1: i'm sorry uh how old was alex cox when he made this cuz you-
2: alex cox was in his 20s
1: wow okay yeah okay that
2: So he's young. That yeah.
1: also frames things for me. In a, in a, in
2: he a, actually, uh, he made a, a Western uh, later on with um, that that actor I was going off about, holy shit, uh, Dick Rude, sorry. Mm. And and he's like completely different than that. Dick Rude has very few uh, film appearances, but he's so over the top and like, like Hammy and like Cornball and Repo Man. And then he's in a, a, a Western that Alex Cox did where, where he's like kind of a, I mean- I think he's I think he's a pretty good like villain like like serious actor I think he kind of works too. Uh,
0: yeah,
2: but that's yeah. Just, I, I think that actor is underrated because because he's he's in a few Cox films where he gives very different performances. And Repo Man is definitely his most over the top, but that's kind of by design.
1: Hmm. It's interesting, Harry Dean Stanton. When you go on speaking to Wikipedia, he's uh, he's first build Harry Dean, which I guess would make sense. He would have been the biggest star at the time. Um, but uh, his his role in the movie isn't like he shows up a little later on, and he's 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 not that like influential as far as where the plot goes. So I guess he might have been used to help sell the movie.
2: Well, he uh, his character is is what brings Otto into the world of the Rebo men, and then eventually right. he gets fired and. As is, he just kind of had a dead end job. So when he gets fired, he, he falls into that depression. There's that scene that they, they play it straight. It's like a straight dramatic scene. It's when he's driving around with Otto, and it's after he's been fired, and he goes, "Uh, we used to communicate so well all the time. What the fuck happened?" Otto's silent. And he goes, "Answer me!" and pulls the the key out of the ignition. Car stops. Otto just they kind of just stare at each other, mm-hmm. and he opens the door and, and gets out of the car and walks away. While well, they're just like on the on the street, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so he, yeah. he's he's the, the dramatic linchpin of the film. Yes. To me, right. like, like everything else is way out there, gets like really surrealist comedy, sci-fi. But Harry Dean Stanton is the one who grounds the film. Yeah, mm, for sure. and, and even in the end, I mean, Otto and uh, Miller, they take off and they have this whimsical, probably time travel thing going on. But right before that, Harry Dean Stanton gets shot. nothing that happens to him in in this film is whimsical he's the one who like he's like a real guy who like real shit happens to he loses his job he gets shot he's in the hospital he finally gets that chevy malibu that all the repo men have been trying to track down and he loses it he he gets shot and he's probably bleeding out meanwhile otto goes and has this fun freewheeling sci-fi adventure you know
1: it seems like the kind of movie that were it made today would be an absolute vehicle for like an, an Academy award for the, for whoever Harry Dean Stanton's characters is, is being definitely, played by. Definitely. Like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have the science fiction stuff in it. And it would be just like this repo man who's All it's right. like two hours of watching she, him be depressed.
4: I mean, if it was <laughs> made today, if it, if it was made today, it would have been sorry to bother you. Like it's, it's in the same lineage. No,
2: I, I, was, just about, I was just about to say sorry to bother you has, has like real dramatic performances where people weren't nominated in acting roles at the Oscars because like, the movie surrounding it is so off the wall. That's you know? actually That's, a it's, it's the, comparison. The same as, as Repo Man. I mean, yeah. Repo Man has real performances, but the film is so not for everyone. First of all, it's like the definition of like a not for everyone movie. It's mm. so like punk and surreal and stoner comedy and and it's sci-fi. I mean, the, the movie has like really like impressive, see, even like the effects for the time. I mean. They're pretty impressive. I, I mean, I, I know that they're supposed to look like B-movie effects, but um, the car... The green uh, car I, 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 I thought the glowing green car was CGI for the longest time. And when it's flying around the city, it is. But it's actually... They covered the car like head to toe in glow-in-the-dark paint. Like the mm. seats... Uh, everything it, it's yeah. in the dark paint i thought it was like early like kind of premature cgi it looks really but, it, but good. it's like a really creative practical effect yeah i don't know i
1: don't know if this was the i don't know if this was the case for any of uh y'all who also saw it for the first time um the beginning especially but there are parts of this movie that reminded me of men in black yeah like at the beginning where he gets pulled over that. and and then, okay, yeah. yeah like that line
2: that line he says uh what's in the trunk? The guy goes, uh, you don't want to know, man. Right. <laughs> how, great is that? How, how great is that?
1: Well, dude, that I mean, what a way to open a movie because he gets erased mm-hmm.
2: from his ankles yeah. up. That seems and I great. Just, and then deleted. Like, that, that's the point. scene we're watching at Halloween 2018 that I mentioned earlier. That, okay. that when she's babysitting the kid, she puts on a repo man for the kid she's
0: babysitting.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there's obviously, like I take notes while I'm watching movies and part of it is like me taking notes about serious things. And part of it is just my reactions to things in the moment. But like, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a point where like the movie had proceeded obviously for like 30, 40 minutes beyond that. And I was like, wait, I forgot that this movie is <laughs> aliens or is it,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> Because, it's about everything
1: yeah because yeah. then he mentions the the guy driving the car um who does have a really danny you mentioned this he has a really effective scene in the alleyway where he's getting yeah. held up for the car by these pumps, yes i love that he's scene. like you know my favorite was always do. the
2: robbery but this time around that was my yeah like you yeah, said that was my favorite scene. it's a
1: creepy way and it's an effective way to get rid of these this character and like you know um yeah. we know what's going to happen and we're like don't open the trunk but we know he's going to do it
2: um mm-hmm. He's but, a dumb punk. Why wouldn't he open the trunk? Yeah, right. You know? Exactly.
1: But there's a point where he's driving Otto around and he's talking about like, you know, yes. these bombs that can erase you. Yeah. uh Like they don't erase uh, physical stuff, just organic matter. And I was like, oh, is that what he mm-hmm. has in the car? So I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you're saying that it is actually uh, straight up aliens, but we never see inside it's, the it's,
2: trunk. It's like, it's like alien, like neutron bomb technology.
1: Oh, okay. It's both.
2: It's both. Yeah. Got yeah. You. And it's 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 obliterating people, which is you know explained by the uh, the bomb, but the yeah. the extraterrestrial elements of it are explained by the fact that it's an alien car that they that probably came from like a government uh, site somewhere. Yeah, yeah,
1: they are, aren't they? In like Nevada in this movie, or. I is think it, they're in, LA. They're in LA, 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 LA close yeah. enough though, because area 51 is like a few miles
3: yeah. away. The ugliest uh, parts true. of LA
2: that they could yeah. find. Yes. Gritty 70s LA. Yeah. Yeah. Even but, though it's Four, uh, it has that seventies carryover aesthetic.
1: Right. Um, Zach, I know you, you had, you had suggested that we talk about favorite lines. I do have one and it's such a throwaway thing, but I'm wondering if you, I know Danny, could quote this thing backwards <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i wonder can. what your favorite quote actually was zach if it wasn't taken. yeah no
3: danny actually said mm-hmm. it uh earlier uh it was the his, oh yeah it's the fuck this let's go do some crimes <laughs> i think that was,
0: that was, was i think crimes. at the point of the
3: movie where i was like oh i understand i've 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 failed and i've taken this movie too seriously and i've yeah. paid a price <laughs> now, now here we go. Yeah. That's when I realized my fatal mistake. Um, <laughs> so that has to be my favorite line. Yeah,
1: Wes, do you have one?
4: Uh, I do. I'm sorry. A a bug just decided to assert himself in my house. Oh, um, gotcha. You can just cut that out. I do. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep that. No, I'm keeping. I, it. I'm keeping it. <laughs> I keep it I there. really dig. I can't even. I can't even quote the exact line because I don't know it. But the Wolf of Wall Street esque. Henry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez in the car in that uh, that that when he's like every every Repo Man. I no, know the Repo Man, speed. man
2: not on speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that whole uh, bit was pretty interesting and funny well, and economic. That's good and, and then they're looking at the uh, the yuppies who, who are like uh, playing tennis, like the tennis playing yuppies are getting in their car, and he goes, uh, "Ordinary fucking people, man, I hate them. Ordinary because because like they like punks punks and a Repo Man are like." both outsiders and so they're they, that's mm-hmm. why they're kind of yeah, yeah. crossing over i love that whole scene where miller is is monologuing um he, he's he's the mechanic who who is kind of uh, chosen by the alien car at the end um and he, he doesn't know how to drive mm. and yet he, he's the yeah. one who takes off in the car um they they're talking about uh, how people uh you know they disappear and, and come back he's, he's talking about like the population going up and down and he describes it uh mm. as um a product of, of ufos that people see which are actually time machines and it's such a trippy yeah. conversation he goes into a uh, the cosmic unconscious un- unconsciousness and he says uh yeah. give you an example show you what i mean suppose you're thinking about play the shrimp suddenly someone will say like plate shrimp or play the shrimp out of the blue no explanation. No point in looking for one either. It's all part of the cosmic unconsciousness. And that th- the line in itself is good. But moving forward, there's like two or three scenes in the movie where they'll go past a storefront and it'll say like plate of shrimp, five ninety nine, dollars uh, sh- shrimp plate, uh, get it here, like something like that. Like th- that line, it- it's uh, the movie is engaging in that cosmic unconsciousness that's talking about, mm-hmm. like where you, you see something in a dream. And then you're walking around in real life and it's like, what the fuck? Like I dreamed about that last night. That's Mm -hmm. what it's, that's the effect it's trying to capture, but with the, the plate of shrimp effect, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of detail. It's it's a
2: really cool, really cool detail.
1: Yeah. I, um. That you
2: definitely don't pick up on the first time you watch it. I didn't pick up on that until like the third or fourth time I saw it. For
1: sure, and knowing it now, I probably would rewatch this just to like find those things and and kind of yeah. for the satisfaction of looking for them. Um, my favorite line is, "It's it's really like it, it's inconsequential. I think it, it might even be ad libbed, but it's uh, Otto goes to visit um, that the black the elderly black woman whose car he's trying to repossess." Mm-hmm. And then, like, they, he gets denied, so he goes out and tries to just straight-up steal it anyway. And yep. then they all come out and start beating him up. They pull him out of the car, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, guys, wait. And he says, I like music, too, man. And then they <laughs> <laughs> and then they smash him with a guitar yeah. and it has the Hanna-Barbera uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
2: the, the acoustic guitar crashing yeah. sound yeah. Bang!
1: like I just thought like uh, yeah. it, it was there was something so ignorant about that. <laughs>
0: that I loved. Yeah. Um,
2: there's, there's a there's a funny scene later on where uh, one of those the villains like the bodyguard of that metal hand woman they're like these oh, yeah. Aryan race, like blue-eyed, blonde-haired... They're, they're the villains. They're in those suits, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And... Um the the black woman marlene who who otto is a crush on uh Mm. she's fighting one of those guys and knocks him on the ground she raises that stool above his head and it's very clearly ADR. they just had like the the idea to do it in post you can hear him go no not my face and and you see her throw the stool down he goes ah my face (laughs) everything about there's so many like little hidden jokes like all throughout the movie like when they're doing that shootout on the stairwell there's a a voice that goes on over the loudspeaker and it says uh Please, please, no, no shooting in the stairwell or, or something uh, like God. that. There's just like there's like Edgar Wright style like hidden jokes
0: in like mm-hmm. every
1: scene. Just, just by way of giving the audience a definition, if they don't know it, ADR is what is it, automated dialogue. Rule? Yeah. yeah. Placement. Uh, you the, you will be surprised how many movies this is in because sound is so yeah. Sound is so unpredictable when you're filming. But it's basically if you know uh, uh, when a character is speaking, if that actor couldn't be heard, they bring him into a studio later on to repeat the line and they try to dub it over. Usually, they what wait they for do the is actor to
2: turn their head, turn around yeah. to mask
1: it with yeah. physicality. Right. But sometimes it's just straight yes. up like you can notice it. It's um, all
4: over, it's all over superhero movies because they, those it's all over just, justice
1: it is, but I mean, it general, I
4: mean, it is, but also generally you don't notice it, but because the post is so long on superhero movies, it's all over those movies. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you realize, like, oh, there was this explosion that was like way too loud, and yeah. I couldn't hear Scarlett Johansson t- t- say what she had to say. I, I want to play.
4: I want to play the character from Ghost in the Shell. That line was lost. I so. knew.
1: I knew you. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it, which is why I didn't do it. <laughs> I knew you were going to take it. I down. love whitewashing
2: Hollywood. <laughs> and over.
1: What I was telling Danny, and I don't know if you have anything else, any other points to make, Dan, before we go to the ratings. But what I was telling you is that if it weren't for this show, the reason that I like this idea that we have is that like, I would never have watched Repo Man uh, if it wasn't for, even with Danny recommending it to me, if it wasn't for the podcast. And that's not even because like, I wouldn't, like I would have seen it and thought, I'm not going to watch that. It just would have never come across my radar because it's not the type of thing that I watch. So um, Mm. hopefully it's the same for the people listening because that is our entire goal is to, you know, and obviously, like we said last week, you know, there's not as much connection between Godzilla versus Kong and Repo Man, except. for...
4: I Kong disagree. <laughs> I disagree. All right, well, here I we go. Dis- this you is Ranger's time to shine. I, and this will what? be my this will be my uh, my thing in every single episode of trying to find connection with the
2: connection
0: <laughs>
4: between. <laughs> uh, I think I think uh, Repo Man is a very political genre film that is engaging mm-hmm. in its politics and it's uh, it's about it's about a specific era and it's attempting to like satirize and dig into that era via genre in a way that Mm -hmm. the original Godzilla and King Kong are doing. Um, Right. But Godzilla and King Kong are the inverse of it. You know what I mean? Like it's attempting to depoliticize these characters that are political. And like, you know, you look at a movie like Godzilla and we just talked about it the last thing, but that, that isn't too dissimilar from this. That is a genre movie that is attempting to grapple with an era that people were afraid during, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so I think, right. I think, You're I talking think about one, Gojira from yeah, 54? I'm talking about Ju- 1954. Yeah. 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 And I, and I yeah. think, I think, I think they're the inverse of each other. I think they're both genre movies. They're both popcorn movies, but I think one is attempting to really use genre as a vehicle to talk about politics. And one is attempting to completely sanitize any political context from it. You know what I mean? Um, and that's
1: interesting. Good, Anakin. Good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank
4: you. I'll be
2: here every yeah. single episode with my... Yeah, no, I, I, God, God, Godzilla vs. Kong is a very apolitical film. Yeah. yeah. And and, yeah. and, and, and that's, it's funny that you mention that because it, it erases all the intent behind uh, Godzilla to begin with. So much so that the man who ends up killing Godzilla in the original? His son is in Godzilla vs. Kong and like now he's the villain and Godzilla's yeah. the good guy, you know? Yeah. It's so far removed from any yeah. uh his
0: mm-hmm. oh, grandson of what the original because, intent was. Uh,
1: yeah, not to pollute this segment too much with the last one, but part of the reason I rewatched twenty fourteen is to figure out like is Ken Watanabe's Sarazawa supposed to be related to the original one? Anyway, I'm, it's still unclear. He's named after the director of the original movie and that character. His name is yeah. Ichiro Sarazawa, yeah. I think. So, yes. um, but Great. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's come so far. And, and, and the other thing that I, uh, that I forgot to mention during that segment was, Danny, obviously last week we talked a lot about, um, in, in, or a little bit about intent, director's intent, creator's intent, yeah. and how yeah. once the movie is released, you don't have control over how people perceive it, right? And so it's interesting in in comparing that to what we see with King Kong, because like, again, with these directors Mm -hmm. saying, no, it's not about slavery, but a bunch of people decades later being like, this is about slavery, you know, is, it's interesting, like how, and and that goes both ways because you can have that happen. And then you can have a movie be um, misinterpreted and valorized by a group you want no association with, but is that interpretation still valid? When you look at something like, I, I don't know, like, um, fight club which you know is I mean? not the best example mm-hmm. but even they live you know,
4: even they live has been used by as a QAnon, a proto QAnon document which is not the intent yeah. of john carpenter you know what i mean
1: yeah so that's i mean this is another conversation that we can keep having in the in the cast because i think it's really well, profound well,
2: to, to, to piggyback off of what was said like and it relates to repo man that the intent was to portray reaganism as a thing that's like in inherently inhuman they li- they live is saying like this is bullshit and if you've been hypnotized uh what if there was a magical pair of glasses that could make you see uh this manipulation uh for what it really is you know this propaganda yes. for what it really is yeah it's they're yeah. like propaganda glasses uh and and so so yeah i mean like we've already said they live and repo man are kind of good uh their sister um they, like they, they complement yeah. each other yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're yeah They'd be well, a good duology.
1: Let's uh, let's let's rate it, shall we, gentlemen? Uh, who who wants to who wants to go first?
4: I'll go first, and I don't know if we're still doing this, but watching the movie, I thought of this. Um, last week we did, would we remake it or not, and what the creative team would mm-hmm. be. Um, and as I was watching it, I was I was thinking about this consciously, and I actually think I mean we already said sorry to bother you is essentially taking these ideas and updating them even down to it being in
2: california you know what i mean i actually mm-hmm. think but i think um, boots but i think if you were sorry to right bother you it was reminding me of repo man while i was watching it so it's, yeah. it's so funny that you bring it up
4: but i think i think actually if if you were to do if the studios were like repo man IP that we have that we'd like to make into a movie i think you could actually give it yeah. to boots Riley and he would do something completely
0: yeah no yeah
4: um that'd be cool I think, I think you'd just have to cast an everyman the way Emilio Estevez is kind of an everyman in this. Yeah, uh, you,
2: you'd have to find a new like, band of outsiders because yeah. punk isn't a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, and and you, even if it was, you would never be able to get a soundtrack like that again with like original music from these yeah. super famous punk bands. I mean, it would just never happen. So, so that's why the, I think it's kind of a... It'd have to be like a SoundCloud hip-hop. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. SoundCloud yeah, rappers, and trap music and stuff. Um, but but Justin, then,
1: so then... So well I, I was gonna artists. ask Wes because I think that yeah. I think that what we can do in terms of combining this with our with our predetermined rating system for yeah, the Morgue yeah. movies is that if you I mean sometimes you do whatever you want, but like if you talk no. about re, potentially potentially remaking <laughs> it, maybe that's does that co- coincide with a reanimate a reanimated ranking? Yeah. Or did you re-animate?
4: Yeah, yeah. I think I you know think what I, mean? I think I think you could I think you could reanimate I think you could reanimate, reanimate
1: this. this original movie into public discourse, and in so doing, how would I remake it? Just as yes. a thought experiment, perfect. Yeah.
4: I, I think mm-hmm. I would reanimate it, uh, and okay. I think I'd reanimate it because I think it's a it's a solid movie that ideas are actually sometimes overshadow the quality of the movie. Like I think it's a I think it's a really interesting and fun movie, but I think mm. it has the same issue as they live, which is like the ideas in the movie are so like alive and popping that if you were to remake it, you could actually find a way to strike a better balance. Because I think there are times where I'm actually more interested in like the fact that all of the labels have a generic thing. And I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting idea. But I'm less interested in like Amelia West as a character. And that might be by design. um, But I think if you were to remake it with someone like Boots Riley, who is able to do character work and satire at the same time, um, I think you could actually get something really interesting. So I'm going to go with reanimated.
1: Solid,
3: Zach. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I, I, you know, the thing is, is I recognize. <laughs> Actually, you know what's screw it. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna bury it. I didn't like this <laughs> yeah, movie, really? uh, and I know that. I know that my opinion is probably like n- not correct. <laughs> like I, I, I know what <laughs> I this movie like was trying to do. I know what it. It was intentional in everything that it wanted to do. Mm. Uh, so I respect it for that, and I think again, agreeing with Justin, I think uh, knowing a lot of the context for this movie really would have helped me because I went into this thinking, it, you know, it, it was going to be something I guess else. Oh no, I, maybe I didn't have any thoughts on this movie. I'm rambling, I still think it is
2: great to go in blinds personally.
3: For me, it felt like this was a pl- and again intentionally a play written by a middle schooler for drama class. <laughs> Just in the way that things unfolded, I was like the way that dialogue happened. I was like. Oh, that that was so weird. And again, I knew that this was intentional. Eventually, but it still kind of annoyed me. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say bury it. You know, I could be no, more political about it. this and be like, Damn. Hey, you know, no, no, <laughs> this is there. It will always have something, but I Damn. don't care for it. Damn. Okay,
1: I'm feeling it, the man. End. I take um, it. My, mic drop. My listen, I I was I when Wes went reanimated, I was like, this is gonna be interesting because this might be the first time that we all have different rankings. Um, even though it's only the second episode, but like. Uh, I'm gonna go embalm, personally. Uh, it didn't move the needle for me too much, but I, uh, after talking through it, you know, in this session, I appreciate it more, and I do think I would rewatch it uh, exactly as it is. But I think like it's it's very much a product of its era, yeah, and so like if you. So that if it was reanim, if you do like reanimate it, like recirculating it into popular discourse, obviously Republicans are still doing a lot of the same stuff that they were doing. Reagan mm-hmm. is like is is, saint- yeah. is sainted in the Republican Party. Right. But yes. Um, but I think that like it if you were to redo it, it would have, to, it would force it to be updated to something that is more current because, yeah because times have changed. So I think just because of mm-hmm. that, based on the fact that it is so connected to Reaganism, um, I, I I would embalm it because I think that it, it, is, it is, it is capturing that time and it is of that time.
2: Yeah. So, so, Dan, so it's, it's by em- embalm, by embalm, mm-hmm. we're talking about purely from like, a current relevance standpoint, like is, does embalm mean you were lukewarm on the movie as a whole, or you just don't think like you could make it relevant for
0: today?
1: Uh, it's a little bit of both. Like, is I think it... like with the, okay. with the, with the concept of the it's listen, we're talking through our process for y'all to hear, but I think with the, yeah. with the, with the, with the concept of the morgue, right. It's like, we're looking at a movie that has been kind of forgotten, right. Or like time has passed and like, we don't really talk about it anymore. So inherently, by looking at it we're reviewing whether or not like there's something still there you know uh and so for me if i say uh embalmment that means that there is something there but i would watch it for more like i don't want to say academic purposes but whatever the adjacent word to that would be where it's like okay if i want to if i want to mm-hmm. watch a bunch of movies that are from the 80s about the 80s then repo man would be on that list because i know yeah. that it's commenting on something directly that was happening there you know but that doesn't mean that like well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested okay. to know what your um, ranking would be, Dan.
2: Well, our, our highest is uh, Reanimate, of course. No, our highest is uh,
1: Immortal, actually.
2: Immortal. Well, immortal, I mean, immortal? The, the movie's yes. fucking immortal to me. I mean, if ever there was a movie that's immortal to me, it's, it's this one. It's so much mm-hmm. fun the ideas are, are great uh it's so endlessly quotable it, it looks mm. gorgeous it's very gritty um it's it's got that like ironic b movie sci-fi that's just always fun to see play out it's like you can tell these people are having so much fun like everyone's just having a good time on this set and it's yeah. it's infectious when you watch the movie it makes me so happy like i, I put on scenes from repo man when i'm feeling down because it's it's just like funny and rebellious and you feel like you're in on the joke as an audience mm. member, you know, maybe that's just for me. Um, Justin, I know you said it's a product of its time, which is something I said last week about a black narcissist,
0: <laughs> which when I
2: said it, it, when I said it it was to demean black narcissists because black <laughs> narcissist has, has fucked up stuff. Yeah. When I say repo man is a product of its time, I I would be saying that as a a compliment to the film because it was something that was brave enough to say, fuck all of you. You don't get it. And the people who do get it, like you're going to really get it. You know, Mm. does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this is like the definition
2: of a cult movie. You either you get it or you don't. And if, if you thought all the, the Bible thumping extremist of uh, extremism at the time was insane, then Chances are you probably like Repo Man, you liked it back then, and you probably like it now as an adult. I saw this not even in the 80s. I mean, I, you know, was more familiarized with the historical context moving forward. But even as a kid, I mean, it's it's so, like, fun and, and rebellious, and the music hits, and it's endlessly quotable, and it's so unexpected. You you There's, there's no way you can see that ending coming, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan, Everything about this, this, this movie hits
2: for me. There's a reason it's in my top five. Uh, I watched it, this in high school. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So gotcha. it's it's just it's a good time all around. It's the definition of a fun movie, in my opinion. I cannot think of a movie that's more fun than repo Man. Beautiful. I'm glad that this happened. So, there we go. I like the
1: four different ratings here. I think we and I think each of us has had an opportunity to kind of state where we are. Um, so you know, wrapping up now, I know what my I'm I'm next up for uh, hey. the pick, and I know what my pick is. It took Let's me a while it. to figure figure it out, but cool. I think that this is and we'll talk about the the consensus choice off the air because I think there's different options. But um this is a movie that has been uh, that is already kind of recirculating by proxy because there are so many movies that are um trying to do it. Here we go. So, Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon. What a good pick! Yeah, what a good Uh, pick! Thank you, man. It I I watched it in uh, in college for the first time when I had to actually uh, do a fucking
2: Kurosawa in this.
1: (laughs) When I had to actually do a stage version of the play, Um, and so there's a lot of stories for Rashomon that uh, that I have to tell that are involved with the watching of the movie and also being in a version of it, and I'm excited to bring it up. Next week, because then you know there's yeah. a lot of stuff like I said that's tried to recapture that uh, storytelling to to mixed effect. Um, so uh, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a wrap on the morgue today. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. This is our second episode. If you want, you can check out our first on YouTube, the Podbean app, and also Google Podcasts. We're getting ourselves up and running on Spotify and Apple. It just takes a little longer because they're bougie, but we will be there
0: okay. shortly.
1: And, um, you know, as always, keep watching movies. Peace.
2: Later. Love you guys.